Kentucky basketball is about to start conference play, and with all of this hype up to the daunting slate, it's got me thinking, could this potentially be a very special season for Kentucky basketball? You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins, you can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be answering a listener question. Is this a special season for Kentucky basketball? How do we feel about it? What are the vibes surrounding the Wildcats right now? And we're going to look ahead a little bit to SEC play Surrounding that, also on today's episode, Bracketology update from ESPN and our boy Joe Lenardi. What does he have to say about the Wildcats and where they are seated? Going to dive into that as well. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. We have a listener question that we are going to lead off today's episode with. This one comes from Justin Keith, 1466, and he asks one question, Lance, does this year feel different? Every time this team takes the court, it just feels special. Thoughts? I think I agree with Justin Keith right here. When you watch this year's team, I know I make a big deal about numbers on this podcast. When you watch this team separated from the numbers, if you could not look at a box score, any sort of statistical analysis before, during, or after the game, you would watch this team and you would be stunned at how efficient they are on offense and how often they knock down their outside shots. I think that has been the biggest refresher for me is how different Kentucky looks stylistically compared to the last decade of Kentucky basketball. They look so different on offense. It forces you, I think, to think a little bit differently about this year's squad because the way they operate their offense has been so incredible. It, in your mind, I think, gives you a higher ceiling that you put on these cats, despite a couple of different negatives, which we will get to in a second. So does this feel different, Justin Keith? I absolutely do think that this year feels different because Kentucky is playing different, and it's extremely fun. It's very entertaining to watch. It's something that we guesstimated on way back in the spring. Like, as soon as the NCAA tournament was over, we looked ahead and we said, hey, this upcoming season is going to be fun. You are going to see a lot of highlights you are going to see a lot of flashiness from this year's team. They, will they make a deep run in the NCAA tournament? We weren't sure. We still aren't necessarily sure. 
but we knew that it was going to be entertaining nonetheless. And here we are now, 9-2, and two, a really big win over North Carolina, a solid win under Miami and uh, underneath your belt. You need some more resume boosters to feel confident about this being a special season. Every time they take the court, Justin Keith says, it does feel special. And I don't disagree with him. I think Kentucky's personnel does have, if they do mature quickly, an opportunity to do something special in the postseason later on in the slate. But as for now, I think that it is very important that we as fans, and then the team is obviously doing this, we don't look too far ahead, even though sometimes it is fun to kind of speculate because this is a very good team, let's be clear. Or at least least they have the, the ceiling of a very, very, very good team. But you can't ignore what's right in front of you. So is this going to be different? It feels different. Will it be different? I think that question will be answered at the beginning of SEC play. It's something we talked about on yesterday's show. It's something we're going to talk about again today. You play Illinois State this Friday. And all due respect to the Redbirds, they are the worst opponent remaining on your schedule, not named Vanderbilt. You should win this game. I don't want to brush over it, but you should win this game. If you win that game against Illinois State this weekend, you go on the road to Gainesville, Saturday, January 6th, 12.30 tip, playing the Florida Gators. 9-3 and three right now, solid on the Kim Palm ratings, solid in the Nets. I think that they've got a couple of different flaws, but their personnel and their height makes them interesting. If you can win that game, and you're projected to lose that game right now, by the way, if Kentucky can win this game, I think it speaks volumes to where this team is at maturity-wise, at what that point would be, what, 13 games into the season? I think you have a chance to look ahead if you beat Florida and say, hey, we've got a legitimate shot to put together something special here. And obviously, it does not end with Florida. A&M, just a week later, you go and play South Carolina and Arkansas in back-to-back road games. You will play. Uh, you will play Tennessee twice. You'll play Auburn. You'll play Gonzaga in the middle of this for whatever reason. This is going to be tough. But if it really is different, we will see the fruits of that labor of it changing, and it starts with the Gators on January sixth. So is this year different? It feels different. It feels special. But Kentucky's got to do something. And I think that it starts with picking up a big-time win on the road. First true road game that will have an actual scary environment. I know the Louisville environment was fun. That's because half the stadium was Big Blue Nation. But you've got to be able to pick up that win. I think that when you look at the personnel, we talked about this a second ago. Kentucky's guard play is so much better than it has been over the past few years. Statistically, and then when you watch them on the floor, they're just good. They're just uber talented. Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, Antonio Reeves, DJ Wagner, those guys are special. Very good players. 
Um, you can talk about, you you can say what you want about DJ DJ Wagner, but he does make a difference whenever he is on the court. Offensively, he may not be superb. Um, not not all four of these guys are going to be perfect, but I think Kentucky's got some dogs out there, man. And that's what's going to matter once you get to March Madness. Your inexperience is going to be a question. It's going to be a, a cause for concern, according to national outlets, when when Selection Sunday does get here and everybody's filling out their bracket and all these different uh, people with mustaches and bow ties are giving their opinions uh, on, on TV about what the Cats are going to do. They'll be like, well, they're really good. They do X, Y, and Z, but they're so young, even though they have Trey Mitchell and uh, Antonio Reeves. The defense is something that will have to improve if this year is going to be different. You have to be able to protect the rim better, and you have to switch, and you have to rotate and close out on shooters better. Because sometimes Kentucky just doesn't do it, and they're not going to be perfect, but it can be better. I think it can be better. Hopefully that answers your question, Justin Keith, and then I want to turn that question to you listening on podcast or on YouTube. What do you think about the Wildcats this year? Does it feel different? Is it going to be special? Will it be different? You can answer all of that in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK on Twitter. I want to get into bracketology and then some closing SEC thoughts because of an article I saw from the Clarion Ledger uh, earlier today. Before I dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet over at FanDuel. As this weather gets colder, the NFL offers over on FanDuel stay hot. It's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options from spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you need to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off your NFL season. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. This week is just flying by. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you tuning in to Locked On Kentucky today. If you have not subscribed to the show, would greatly appreciate it wherever you are listening. Want to remind you guys, if you've got any questions for the show, if you want something answered in relation to Kentucky basketball, would love to discuss it here on the pod. So at Locked On UK on Twitter, you can DM me there. Um, you could tag me in a tweet asking me a question, or you can leave this uh, leave the question in the YouTube comments below. I'm sure uh, other people in the comments will uh, be more than willing to jump in and, and engage with you. So if you've got any concern, any excitement, any question, uh, feel free to share it with us. We, well, I'd love to talk about it. Speaking of things that I like to talk about, bracketology. Homeboy Joe Lenardi has put out some new bracketology. In fact, he updated it again just yesterday. And ladies and gentlemen, the Kentucky Wildcats have moved up two seed lines. That is correct. They have moved from a six seed all the way up to a four seed. Currently sitting in the Midwest region in Detroit. They would start their campaign in Pittsburgh, playing against a 13 seed in Kentucky, or excuse me, in Indiana. Interesting notes here about the Wildcats and where they are seated. 
again, on this four seed line. Notable teams that are comparable to UK. North Carolina, who moved up to a four seed. Memphis, Duke, those are the other four seeds here. And then the 13 seeds that Kentucky may potentially be facing off against. Indiana, UC Irvine, UNCW, and then McNeese State. Obviously, Indiana, uh, a home-and-home opponent for the next four seasons. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. They've got four games lined up uh, over these next few years. Uh, Do the Wildcats and the Hoosiers. That would be an interesting matchup in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, some history there between these two schools. But as we continue to point out, anytime we do any of these bracketology reports, um, you can't necessarily sit here and say, oh, look, Kentucky's going to play Indiana, and then that's a definitive. We can look at some teams that are kind of floating around the seed line that they may play. They may play a Samford. They may play an Akron. They may play a Michigan State. They may play a Princeton. They may play somebody like Vermont or James Madison. Um, Maybe a Texas or a Virginia Tech if they fall just a little bit further. Fort Wayne. Um, which I am just now realizing is, in fact, a uh, a basketball team. Kentucky could play a number of different teams. So you can't necessarily look at just the individual matchup and be like, okay, well, this is who Kentucky's going to play, because um, Joe Lenardi said so in December. A lot of moving and shaking is going to happen over these next couple of months. Speaking of moving and shaking, do you think that these number one seats are going to stay the same. Purdue, Houston, Arizona, and then Kansas. Kansas, the only non-automatic qualifier across these four one seeds, according to homeboy Lenardi. Number two seeds, Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, Yukon, who has moved down from that one seed line, and then Marquette. Some interesting teams here at the top, and this is something that I believe Isaac Shade of the Locked On Uh, Tar Heels podcast and I talked about a couple of weeks or or so ago, we talked about how teams like UNC, teams like Kentucky right now, they're good. They've got very high ceilings. But they're not in that cream of the crop. They're not the best of the best of the best right now. That's reserved for your Purdue's, for your Arizona's, for your Florida Atlantic's, I feel like. Kansas, Houston, maybe Tennessee, You've got some really good teams on top of really good teams like UK and UNC. Can Kentucky find a way to elevate themselves to this three-seed line, maybe, which, by the way, includes Clemson, Wisconsin, BYU, and Illinois? Can they find a way to get up to that line, which they could have had they beaten UNC Wilmington? Awesome. But uh, but they, they've got chances. That's what we keep talking about. They've got chances. They've got plenty of quad one opportunities. With the way Mississippi State is um, moving up the rankings, by the way, um, there's a chance that when the Bulldogs come to town, that's a quad one opportunity uh, for the Kentucky Wildcats. They play January 17th at home. And that's four, uh, four games into the SEC, SEC slate. So there's a chance Kentucky could pick up a quad one uh, they're at home against the Bulldogs, which would be really nice. Um, unexpected, I think. Um, shout out Mississippi State for losing to Southern, by the way. Uh, I don't think we put enough emphasis on that <laughs> on the show. Uh, but Kentucky is going to have their their 
fair share of opportunities. And that's kind of where I want to transition here is the SEC and how it's built this season. Because there are some really good teams, I think, at the top. And I think it's one of the most balanced leagues through the middle uh, that we've that we've seen uh, consistently over these past several years. And then when you look at what they're projected to do in the NCAA tournament, nine teams are projected to get into the field right now. That is the most, standalone, the most, out of any conference in America. The Big 12 has eight teams projected to get into the field. There was an article released earlier this morning, December 27th, from the Clary Ledger. Tennessee is number one in this article's SEC power rankings. Auburn is number two. And then Kentucky has moved up from number five to number three. The fact that they were that low to begin with is kind of shocking. And then this is what the article says about the Wildcats. We keep banging the young team drum with the Wildcats who have six freshmen in their primary nine-man rotation, but only two teams in college basketball turn it over less frequently than Kentucky. It might be inexperienced, but this looks like it could be one of those UK teams that makes that irrelevant. So the Wildcats right now, I think, are making their way up. They're building momentum. They got that win over UNC, and there are still some doubters. I would argue, I'd argue that Kentucky is better than Auburn. And I would argue that Kentucky has a higher ceiling than maybe any team in America. Maybe. Not named Purdue. If Purdue actually puts it together, you never know what the the Boilermakers are going to do. Um, But I think Kentucky has that second gear that I think maybe even some of these better teams in the SEC don't. I don't know if Auburn has that second gear. With the way that they play, I don't know if they'll ever allow themselves to have that second gear with the rotations that they have. I think if they played a little tighter, unlike Kentucky, I think they would be better, which is interesting. Tennessee plays really good defense, but their offense is nowhere near, I think, the top four offenses in this league. In fact, I believe they're like sixth, excuse me, sixth or fifth in the SEC in adjusted offensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Kentucky has that ceiling on offensive defense. They can play really good defense. They've got the length now with Bradshaw and Hugo to play that defense. They've also got the, I, I think, the, uh, a chance to be the best offense in the country night in and night out. So we talk about, does it feel different? We talk about, is it going to be different? We discuss bracketology. Kentucky's moving up there. We discussed the SEC slate. Kentucky's got some chances. We discussed these power rankings that have come out today from the Clarion Ledger. Kentucky's on the way up. I'm just really hoping that we don't look up here in a couple of weeks and things have just kind of fallen apart. I mean, a loss to Florida isn't going to kill you. It's definitely not. But it would suck (laughs) if if you fight hard in that game and you don't pick it up. Kentucky really would really like to have that win, I think. I hope they get it. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below. 
hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for a preview of Kentucky versus Illinois State. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless. Thank you.